those, there's some new faces here today. I know there's some people from, on holiday from Italy. I won't get you to wave, but hello, go on, wave. <laughs> from Italy to South End, I like that. I might want to go the other way, South End to Italy, um, but you're very welcome. And um, just good morning to everybody, our church family here, and those of you that are watching on the live stream. Um, and if any of you are still poorly, we send our prayers and our love to you. Um, if you were here last week or you caught up on the sermon and, and the service last week, you will know that we started a little mini-series last week called Deeper. And this mini-series has been inspired by a book which a really good friend of mine recommended, and the book is called Deeper, and it's by Dane Ortland, the said book, and it's a book about real change for real sinners. Now, I'm sure that in church today we have no real sinners. Just me. But that's what the book's called, okay? So this sermon may just be for me um, and nobody else. So last week, we spent some time in uh, one of Paul's prison epistles, the letters uh, to the believers at Colossae. And we saw in just four chapters that Paul set out for us the supremacy of our Lord Jesus Christ and the centrality of our Lord Jesus and what that means for us and our Christian faith. Now, Paul unraveled for us, didn't he, that mystery that's been hidden for ages and generations. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We looked at the believer's true identity last week, what it means because we are in Christ. We looked at our union with Christ and our oneness with Christ. And we know if you're Christians here this morning, and if you're not, it's still for you. As Christians, we know we have been profoundly connected to our Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. We have died with him and we have been raised with him. So I think I said it last week and I'll say it again this week. We can say with absolute confidence, we have been crucified with Christ and no longer live. And Christ lives in us. So this week, we want to um, basically pick up where I left off. And I have spoken to someone this week. I met them on the seafront on a walk. So they've looked ahead, so they kind of know the scriptures. And um, their comment to me was, is it gonna be hell and damnation this week? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope not. I really hope not. Um, but before we just open up the scriptures this week, let, let us just pray together. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning with thankful hearts and we acknowledge, Lord, that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we ask, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to understand all that you would say to us this morning. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would breathe upon us, that you would be our teacher and that you would take us deeper, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week we left off in Colossians, Colossians chapter three. If anybody wants a Bible, if you'd give a wave and then some people will come. Yeah, we just need some Bibles, please. Thank you. 
So we're in Colossians chapter 3. And we will be reading from verses 1 to 11. If you just wave, they're coming along with the Bibles. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you will find it on page 1184 in the Church Bibles. Okay, so Colossians chapter 3, um, verses 1 to 11. Living as those made alive in Christ. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What we see depends not only on who we are looking at, but where we are looking from. So last week, we ended our time together looking at Jesus Christ, um, the Son of God who came from heaven to earth to live the life that we couldn't live and died the death that we deserved. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth is not just some historical figure or a concept. He's a person. And because he's a person, he is real and he's alive and well, seated right now at the right hand of the Father in heaven, in the place of highest honour. Now Jesus, I believe, is as committed and engaged right now at the right hand of the Father interceding for us as he was when he was nailed to the cross. And because Jesus is a person, we can relate to him. We can trust him, we can speak to him, and we can listen to him. So in this reading I've just read, Paul tells us plainly, our focus is to be on Jesus Christ, and our perspective is to be on the things above, not the earthly things, because we have been made alive in Christ. And it's from this standpoint that Paul appeals to us 
to live in a manner that is pleasing to God. This is Paul's, I suppose, logical conclusion, because we're in Christ now. So if we look again at the verses we just read, if we can just look again together at verses 5 to 10, and I'm just going to read them again for us. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So Paul is simply telling us to take off our old self and put on our new self. Now these words, they're really easy to say, but personally, I think they're extremely difficult to put into practice. Um, And I'm sure, maybe not you guys out there, but some of us can be trapped in sin. It can be physical sin, it could be sin in our thought lives, and we can be absolutely trapped. And if you're anything like me, once you, you know you've sinned, you know, you know when you've got angry or whatever, whatever the sin is, and you kind of start to reflect and you become aware, and then the Holy Spirit convicts you. So it hits you, it kind of it goes thud right in there. It's one of those. And if you're like me, what do we do? We go before the Lord with a really heavy heart in repentance and prayer. And that's the right thing to do because repentance and prayer are wonderful, aren't they? Wonderful spiritual disciplines. But prayer is not just a button to be pressed. It's a relationship to be pursued. Our Christian life is not about following a list of difficult rules and regulations. In actual fact, our Christian life shouldn't be rule-based. It should be relationship-based. And one of, you know, one of the things when I was preparing for this week, I was very much stuck in the Gospels, um, which I have been for quite a long time. But It's the place for me, when I read the Bible and I read the Gospels, it's the place for me where I see what Jesus is really like, what he's like when he's interacting with ordinary people, so ordinary people like us. And in the Gospel of John, we get a glimpse of a relationship between Jesus and one of his really good friends, Lazarus. And the writer in the Gospel of John says that Lazarus is the one who Jesus loves. Now, many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. So I'm going to do a quick ninja-style summary. Um, So Lazarus is a friend of Jesus. He was sick, and then he died. Now, a message was sent to Jesus, your dear friend is really ill. Now, if someone, one of my friends, heard I was really ill, they'd come round really, really quickly. But Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't make that journey immediately. 
So I found that really, really strange because in the Gospels it says that Jesus was only, he was less than two miles away. So that's less than the distance if you walked South End Pier and back. That's how close he was to Lazarus. So then when he finally arrives, he says to the family, don't worry, he's going to rise again. Now Martha the sister of Lazarus, very familiar with the scriptures, I believe, Martha, and she says these words to Jesus. Well, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now imagine Jesus looking at Martha with eyes full of love and mercy and grace, eyes locked onto Martha as he says these words. I am the resurrection, and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Jesus asked Martha that question over 2,000 years ago. And I believe he's asking that same question to all of humanity now. And why do I say this? Because that story of Lazarus, for me, has a, it's a parallel to our Christian journey. We have a lot in common with Lazarus. We too were dead in our sin. We were bound in grave clothes of sin and shame. And you guys that know the story know that Jesus stands at the front of that tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And that same Jesus has asked us to come forth and we have come forth to Jesus. We are now his, bought by his blood that was shed at Calvary for each and every one of us. Now Paul writing to the uh, believers at the in Ephesians says the following words from Ephesians chapter two and I just want to read them because I just feel they're so profound. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. We were dead, but now we're alive in Christ. And I believe that's the reason Paul appeals to us to put to death our earthly nature. It's as if our resurrection needs to change how we look at life. And if you, if you think about that story of Lazarus, and it's not in the Bible, and we will only know the answer to this when we get to heaven, I want to know what Lazarus was like after he was raised from the dead. I wonder what he was like. Now, I know this sounds really, really simple, and I really don't want to oversimplify what Paul is saying about putting to death the sins of our earthly nature, because I'm sure that it's got to be more than me who realises that we still have sin in our lives. Sometimes we struggle with it, 
and it can puzzle us. The things we don't want to do, we do. And the things we want to do, we sometimes don't do. And the problem is, when we are sinning in any way, we're behaving out of character with our real identity. It's as if we're not yielding to who we really are in Christ. And we saw this a little bit last week when we thought about um, Eve in the garden, when we talked about uh, identity theft. Now, I just want us to imagine for a moment. This won't happen to any of you, but I'm just going to say what's in my heart to say. Imagine for a moment you're caught in some sort of um, sin of sexual immorality. If you're united with Christ Jesus, it means you take him right there with you. Imagine if you were, I don't know, out for a coffee with a friend and you start talking about somebody, gossiping about somebody, or just being unkind about somebody. If you're united with Christ, you take Christ Jesus right there with you. So, one of the things I've been really considering this past week is really considering the darkness that's in my own life. The sin that can so easily trip you up and entangle you. Maybe this could be something like a spiritual lethargy or some sort of deep, I don't know, deep-seated resentment or, you know, a place in your life where you struggle and you just can't get over that. It's the same thing, that repeated thing. But I really want to encourage you this morning because if we remember that we are in Christ and we have reunion with him, we have oneness with him, all of that sin, it doesn't pale into insignificance, but he is greater than all of that. So sin may reach far into our lives, but our union with Christ Jesus reaches further. As deep as our failures may go, our oneness with Jesus Christ goes deeper. And as strong as our sin may feel, our union with Jesus Christ is actually stronger. So if we are in Christ, we have everything we need to grow. We really, really do. Because the Holy Spirit is in us. And I know that our our salvation it is a work of the grace of Jesus Christ it's all his work of grace it's not anything that we can do it's just his work of grace so the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we live out of the strength that he has given us in the union reality that he has given us and the more we tune into our oneness with Jesus and live from there we go deeper into who we really are then the more we live like this, the more we live as those that are made alive in Christ. Jesus Christ, in whom we have been united to, has given us the power to overcome sin. And therefore, may we truly let that deepening reality of who we are and whose we are be the fuel, really, to strengthen us in our resistance against sin, whenever we encounter it in our lives. Let us pray.
Lord Jesus, we thank you for your life-transforming gift of grace. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to live a life that is worthy and pleasing to you. We ask you to help us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. We know that you call us to a higher standard. We're your children. But Lord, we cannot do this without your Holy Spirit empowering us. So Lord, I just pray for all of us that you would make us holy, Lord, as you are holy. In Jesus' name, amen.